because how she models the listening, I'm like, oh, I want to be like her. Like, I want to be that intent to listen and to reflectively then ask a deeper question that allows me to not just be surface level. Like, it, it allows me to go deeper. Hello, and welcome to the Caring Congregation podcast where we seek to educate and equip pastors and congregational care ministers to develop and implement congregational care ministry and to provide ongoing training and resources to existing care ministries. I am Joy Dister-Dominguez. And I'm Karen Lampy. And I'm Laura Berg. And together as the national team, we are so glad to talk with you this day about listening. It is a, uh, a, a spiritual practice <laughs> that we certainly need to uh, learn, relearn, revisit, uh, especially in this time when it seems like we're not listening to each other and uh, something that we certainly are all struggling in from time to time. So, um, Which I think is why it's so important that you said it's a practice, you know, that we it's something we've got to retrain ourselves on because like we were having our own little discussion before we started our podcast about how distracted we get by technology and how tied we are to those uh, technical devices that make it very difficult for us to listen um, uh, and, and be attentive, be intentionally attentive uh, and even provide active listening, which is that ability to repeat what we just heard. Um, Half the time, I'm so engaged in other things, just in my mind or on my my apparatus in my hand, that I am missing the golden opportunity to really make a connection. And and, and that's what this listening thing is all about, is making that connection, uh, Mm -hmm. connecting mind to mind, heart to heart, spirit to spirit. So, yeah. We're all guilty of it. I'm guilty of it. Every, every day. Oh, yes. Every day I have to oh, tell myself, yes. put well, that te- thing down. And technology has not helped us in this arena. That's for sure. Yeah. Uh, you know, in this time of COVID, you know, when we're on Zoom or we're on phone calls, how many of you have your phone pulled up, your computer pulled up with multiple pages and you got your text <laughs> messages going off? Like, I literally just got a phone call <laughs> a second ago. I had to to hit send a voicemail it's always coming at us everything is uh, all the time and so um yeah it's this practice of, of being present with another person or with a group of people that we can truly be present and authentic and just allow the spirit to draw that connection with with one another and of course god always being present in all things um so we, we, we talked about the frustration with technology, amen and yes, and yet during this time of COVID, if, if we would not have had such instruments as Zoom or even for just the blessing of being able to call someone and having that phone um, call with people is still a way of being present and presence counts for so much in the time of listening. Um, And I do think there are just some clear ways that we can sharpen our skills 
on being better listeners and to think of who is the best listener I know, you know, just, just think about that and try to emulate them. Um, Mm -hmm. Do they ask the right questions? (laughs) Oh, yes. Okay. But, you know, I do think just knowing how they ask questions or how they present themselves, even our very posture, whether it be on Zoom or whether it be um, when we are able to be present with someone, our posture even speaks. Are we, and our eye connection, um, Absolutely. how we present ourselves. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. I have a friend, um, her name is Evie, and she is one of the best listeners. Um, and she asks reflective, deep questions that truly make me think. Um, and I'm grateful that because how she models the listening, I'm like, oh, I want to be like her. Like, I want to be that intent to listen and to reflectively then ask a deeper question that allows me to not just be surface level. Like it, it allows me to go deeper and, um, oh, she's, she's remarkable. She's so remarkable. So I, I agree, Karen, just to have that, that person that you can emulate, um, and learn from. You know, so as we would think about just even for our listeners thinking of what are the, some of these guidelines that we have seen in people or mm-hmm. these um, ways of, of best listening? What are these practices that as spiritual guides, as those who want to sit with people and give ourselves to that kind of ministry, what does that look like? Um, mm-hmm. For me, it I always go back to the three levels of listening. You know, our first level is attention mostly on ourselves. Our minds are, are busy. (laughs) We're thinking about ourselves. Like someone can be talking and I'm so guilty of this. My husband will say something to me and I'll have to like, can you say that again? (laughs) Like I I literally was looking at you, but I was thinking like the laundry I need to do and the dishes that need to get done and this work thing. And um, it's all attention on ourselves. Uh, the second level is focusing totally on the other person, um, which is great. It's important, right? But the the third level of listening is this global listening. And we're listening to, to God and the Holy Spirit who is in on the conversation, who is, of course, always present. Um, and what does this mean? Where is God in this conversation? And how is God at work in this conversation? And that is that that's that global listening um, to honor and to recognize the power of the Holy Spirit um, and to guide us in our listening, to guide us in our reflection and our conversation and our questions, our deep questions that we respond with, um, which is, those are holy moments for sure. And, you know, Joy, as you're saying that, I do think there's a, uh, a direct correlation with our own prayer life then. Mm, Sure. We've had a podcast on prayer and, and the importance of that, that when we are prayed up, Mm -hmm. then to be a capable listener, then we're in such a better space of grace Mm, because we have, we have prepared that space, not only for ourselves, but then when we go out, we want to be grace yeah. We want to be love. 
and to present that to whoever we are listening so that they can just settle in and go, oh, this, I've needed this space so much that it's palpable. Yeah. Um, yeah. Even right, for them on right. Zoom. Right? <laughs> yeah, right. So I think that's one of the reasons why, you know, evaluate, evaluate, evaluate. Go go back to the drawing board time and time again with the experience that experiences that you have with listening, with being engaged in conversation with others. And using those levels that you just mentioned, Joy, is is really a great checkpoint um, when we are evaluating, whether that's individually or we're in our congregational care ministry team, and we're going over what we've done in the last month, where have we struggled, how are we doing with our listening? And I think if there's any um, one of our tools, any tool that we use as congregational care ministers, both pastorally as clergy and as lay people, is reevaluating how we're doing with our listening, because that really does shape where we're moving, where, how we're going, how we're processing with this person or these groups of people that we're working with, you know, where's the motion? Um, how, how is this movement taking shape? And um, so when I just think about that first one, um, the internal listening that you said, I think it, the checkpoint is, am I so enmeshed in my own story as I'm trying to listen that maybe I'm overriding what the other person's trying to say and I'm, and I'm actually squelching their opportunity to share their story. You know, do, do I always have to come out on top with the shared experience? Oh, I've done that too. Or, Oh yeah, I've had that experience. And at that point we might think we're connecting, but you know, honestly what we're doing is we're not allowing that person to go deeper into whatever that specific need is that we are there to help help them uh, come across. Mm -hmm. um, also that if, if we just stay as, as in that level, sometimes we bring our own agenda into the equation and, you know, we want a quick fix to the problem and move on to the next. Sometimes, you know, maybe we're tired at the end of the day and we're called out to offer more help. But uh, yeah, so that's, that's one of the real checkpoints, but then I'm just going to skip to the, the last one on the global piece is is listening to what's not being said, Oof, which yes. I think sometimes mm. is so much more powerful than what's sure. being said, you know, or observing who are the others present in the room and what is their mm. body language telling us about this situation? You know, are they are they with us? Are they so engaged, but no one's addressed them, Oof. you know? Yes. Um, that's part of the global level of mm -hmm. listening, mm -hmm. you know? what's not being said, which is why those questions are so important. And Karen, Karen, what are some of the questions maybe you engage others in to bring them into a, maybe a deeper a place within their story or within their sharing? Um, you know, in, well, instead of you shouldn't feel that way or, you know, <laughs> oh, great question, Laura, together. because, <laughs> you know, and I think, Again, if we are prayed up, that is a God moment when the questions will come to us. And it's like, where did that come from? Because that didn't come from me. Mm -hmm. And and sometimes a question will come out. But, you know, just some basic things is, is just to say, well, tell me more about that. Mm -hmm. You know, 
did you hear yourself say that? That's that's really profound. And to mm-hmm. affirm them, even as they are, as the words are coming out of their mouth, to just say, you know, that's really something for us to, to dig deeper on, I think. Um, but, you know, other questions could be, um, it's just about God-like questions, always leading it back to the spiritual, because that's where we we come in, is that we are... We want to be spiritual guides. We're not psychologists, psychiatrists. We're not any of that. We're, our, our opportunity comes with helping people go back to God and waiting for those answers through prayer or to be able to listen uh, again to what might be our next step, our spiritually. And, and so, you know, with that, I think, um, a great CCM, I think um, there's a kind of a, a joke that I heard um, the other night that I turned into a CCM kind of story. And the story goes, so a man falls in a hole. A doctor walks by and the man yells up, Doc, can you help me? And then the doctor throws a prescription down into the hole. And then a pastor walks by and the man yells up, Pastor, can you help me? Pastor writes a prayer and throws it in the hole. (laughs) But then a CCM walks by who is following all three of those things that you're talking about. The CCM walks by and the man yells up, kind soul, can you help me? And the CCM, fully empathetic, with good boundaries though, jumps into (laughs) the hole with the man And the man says, now what do we do? We're both in the hole. And then the CCM says, yes, but I've been in this hole before and I know the way out. Oh, wow. That is powerful. That is really good. good. You know, you just stop and think about the goodness of pairing people up who have lived through something. And that's why... we always emphasize, what's your story? So that we can know people's story. And then when something comes up, they can be the spiritual guide, the listener who is fully empathetic yet knows the pitfalls, keeps good boundaries, and then shows the way or at least offers opportunity for the way out. We hope that you're enjoying this episode from The Caring Congregation. Check out our website, thecaringcongregation.com, for additional resources and information on how you can join us for an upcoming webinar or host your own seminar to train and equip your care ministry team and pastors. We also have two brand new books out, A Care Minister's Manual and Implementation Guide, just released by Abington Press. You can purchase through Abington, Cokesbury, or Amazon. Now, back to our conversation. So I'm going to get a little cosmic here, and I, I've really been enjoying um, Universal Christ, a, a book by Richard Rohr, and I, and I love his readings and his theology, and, and I've, I've gleaned so much um, from that man. And uh, 
you asked earlier about who models good listening to us. And I think about the life of Jesus. Um, I, I love that first and foremost, to be the listener that Jesus was, he was a learner. Mm, um, yeah. You know, he, as the stories are told anyway, you know, there wasn't a, hey, I see you're down. I've got an answer for you and throw a, throw a prayer or, you know, throw a prescription. You want to heal? Here you go. I mean, it wasn't, it wasn't that easy. It was always, the stories were always about getting to whatever level that person in need was and asking what they were in need of and then listening, just being, like you said, that gift of presence. Um, not setting an agenda. Of course, the the goal or the hope is that this person encounters a salvation, a redemptive story, um, a message of hope, a message of healing, a message of grace uh, in that encounter. But I think this is where on the cosmic level, Jesus in the flesh says, I am the Christ. Okay, no, he didn't go around saying that or Flaunting that, but I mean, the point of, of what I'm rambling on about is that, you know, there we meet the Christ in the life of Jesus that says, yeah, I know we're in this hole together, but I've been here before throughout mm -hmm. all creation in every broken death and dying experience of creation. There is redemption and new life. And I've been there before. And I know you don't see it. It's complete darkness but I'm the light and mm -hmm. I am here and I know the way. Um, and, and that's the message that it gives me, you know, holy bumps right now as I even speak it. Mm -hmm. That's, that's the conduit Christ asks us to be, to mm -hmm. be the Christ in those situations. Even though maybe we haven't been through the exact same scenario, we know what it's like from our own life stories to be in pain, to be angry, to be broken and to be in need of, of new hope, new life, restoration. And, mm -hmm. and what, what an amazing opportunity that is for us, that it, it is the gift. It's why we're here today, you know, sure. learning. And, and, I, and I think that, that being as learner, you know, help me understand where you are because I'm here. I'm, I'm here. And that's the, the feeling with people. That's the empathy Jesus modeled so beautifully for us. You know, I, I recall the the video by Brene Brown, and we'll put it in our show notes um, of empathy versus sympathy. Mm -hmm. and it's similar to to the story you told earlier, Karen. Um, it's just feeling with people, and the only way we can feel with people is if we're truly listening to people. Like you said, Karen, being you know, having that connection of the holy, knowing this is so much bigger than just uh, even just a one-on-one -on -one conversation is so much bigger than that, that we are given that power. We are given that, that strength and the, the, we're equipped by the Holy spirit to be in relationship, to feel with people, to have that empathy. Um, and that's where holy moments truly, um, are, are incredibly special, you know, it's, um, beautiful space. You know, that it, it just feels like a great day of ministry, <laughs> you know? Yeah. Um, yeah. And I say that with, uh, tongue in cheek in a sense, because sometimes 
those experiences are challenging and they drain us in a sense. Of, but yet it is such a, a beautiful space to be in and gives us the opportunity to really do the work we feel called to do sure. um, as spiritual guides and, and people who listen. You know, you mentioned Brene Brown's video, and I, I'll just share. Um, it's, it was a, has been a, a funny story to my husband and me, but yet one that helped us with parenting. We had a, a teenager going through a really rough time, and about 2 o'clock in the morning after my husband and I were sound and sleep for a few hours, we're woken up to this, you know, uh, real dire situation in our teenager's life. And it was so profound and so heartbreaking that my husband and I found ourselves immediately getting involved. Um, we were downstairs in the kitchen and I went to the refrigerator and started pulling out stuff. And my husband started making a sandwich, <laughs> you know, and just, you know, in the middle of this cry of this, you know, dire situation, a cry for help. You know, I need to know my parents are here. We both almost simultaneously said, here, would you like a sandwich? And if you watch that video, you'll understand the humor in it. But <laughs> we have we have revisited that situation over and over and over again. How, and, and the reason I bring this up is I think it's important for our listeners to understand we will find ourselves, if we haven't before, in dire situations. And we don't know what to say. You know, we're listening and we are fully engaged, but we find ourselves beyond our ability to know what to do next. Sure. And I think, I think being able to give a me message of, I don't know, but let's get some help. I'm going to get some help. Whether it's, it, you know, if you're with a parishioner, it's, you know, let's get some professional help here, you know, knowing, and we'll talk about this with boundaries, but knowing what our limitations are we can be excellent listeners but we mean we may need to introduce the person we're caring for to a new modality of listening that can go deeper into that healing ministry because we can't forget that our listening is leading to a healing caring is all enmeshed in this leading uh, to caring healing ministry um, it is not about us it is not about our agenda and it's not about our siloed ministry. Um, I've often said to people, you know, I will do provide this pastoral care with the understanding you will also seek the care of your medical physician um, and you will also seek the care of a professional, um, a therapist. You know, we are a team of ministerial care for you. And and we need to hear that as clergy and as lay people. It, it's not on us alone to provide uh, what might be more deeply needed uh, beyond our limitations. So just wanted to add that. You know, Laura, you are just spot on with that whole idea of always emphasizing and trying to find the wholeness of care for people as they reveal what's ever on their heart. Um, and then, and then just saying, let's build a team of care for you. Um, and yet there is this place too where I think of us really making sure we are enough informed about all of these different modalities, as you said. Um, mm -hmm. And yet again, 
ending with clearly what is our gift, what is ours to give. Um, one of my dear friends who is one of my partners in prayer, she um, has come up with an ABC prayer formula, which I so li- love. Um, her name is Diane Brenneman, but her ABC formula is accept, breathe, choose. Accept, breathe, choose. And I think people can pretty quickly remember that formula and they can, um, and we can immediately do them with it so that they, in a sense, can release with that breath. They can acknowledge what's happening with A, B with breathe, and then C, choosing, okay, what's next? And that's when we can say, okay, let's just brainstorm Mm -hmm. about Mm -hmm. what's next. And help people to expand the possibilities. Um, Sometimes we get so focused in kind of that tunnel vision of, of one way we see this working out or one solution, one, one uh, path forward. But I think listening and reflective listening even can help people to expand those possibilities. What if, what if, um, dream big, (laughs) you know, how do we, how do we see that there's so much more out there, um, that maybe God's leading us to. You know, as you say that, Joy, the it's just, um, again, that gift of being present when we can either through Zoom look in their eye or we, through being present with people, maybe kneeling beside them or over the phone, just allowing that pregnant pause to be in the conversation and then just taking a deep breath ourselves and saying, wow, and acknowledging with them, this is big. And thank you for sharing. Thank you for sharing. How often when we are listening, um, we want to jump right in. (laughs) We want to jump right in with a response. Um, And I think it, it takes practice to get used to and be comfortable in that silence just having that silence and not jumping in right away um I, I trust me my my mind is goes a million miles an hour i feel like and um i want to respond even with empathy um but i have to remind myself just listen and just leave room for the holy spirit Well, and I think Mm -hmm. that speaks into what we um, do in our training uh, with CCMs uh, on cueing into not only the verbal listening, but the nonverbal and creating that space for that grace to occur in the nonverbal communication. Um, And I know, uh, Karen, when I was in the training with you at Church of the Resurrection, Um, you said, you know, there are tangible ways that we can prepare our space for that um, listening to occur in a very healthy, holistic, holy way. So um, I've kind of tuned into that. And and one of my CCMs said she felt this was her gift as a part of the 
prayer ministry she was involved in was to create spaces for healthy, good listening, um, where, you know, we provided the little handheld crosses. Um, we provided a, a lit candle, although we used a battery operated candle, but just having that essence of holy, sacred uh, ritual in, in our presence of, of listening, um, tissues, uh, having scripture available, um, a fountain where we could hear water, you know, in the background, um, light instrumental music, maybe very faded because you don't want that to be the thing that triggers a another response either in your own head as you're trying to listen. So you do you do want to to be conscious of the things that provide distractions in that uh, setting, but then it can also be nature, you know. Um, Maybe it's plants or a bouquet of flowers, something that allows you as you're listening to have a, a wider opportunity for them to not only listen to you, but also to listen to themselves as they're talking, you know, so that they're recording a new message to themselves as they're unfolding uh, their story uh, before you. So, um, Karen, do you want to say anything about that space? Or, well, when you're talking, Laura, it, it was you just you you just did a, a great job in in just distilling that down. And to me, there's a, a place of great um, empathy that you are providing. It's as if they are being taken out of the chaos wherever they are, and they are stepping into a a space where they recognize this as being a spiritual space. Right. You know, it, it's not even um, <laughs> something that I, I think so many churches do very well, even in, for worship. You know, they provide the smells and the bells and <laughs> all of the things that really help people get into that space. Their bodies then are really given an opportunity to mm -hmm. unload mm -hmm. um, the anxiety they are feeling. Again, that anxiety or depression, whatever it is, it's sticking to their walls of their body. You know, they can go through all of the practices that their doctors and their therapists are giving them, and yet there is this higher level of spirituality that mm -hmm. I think we can take them to with that space. Mm -hmm. Sure. Even even as we're zooming these days, if that's our only means of being able to to have intimacy with those as we're as we're ministering to them, the the need for creating a space. I know that when I've been on uh, a Zoom, I usually gravitate to the one that either has a candle in the background <laughs> or I see their Bible on their desk. Um, I'm not going to the offices that are full of clutter and, you know, I, I, it's just amazing how when I, when I, you know, evaluate that, I do find myself being drawn more even to listening to the conversation of the person that has a background that offers me a sense of peace and calm and, and refreshment. So I think we can, we can be intentional about creating those spaces for good listening. Mm. even in a zoom <laughs> yes well this has been very informative and i am grateful to both of you um, for being such models of great listening 
and uh, we've got some additional show notes we'll be sure to put in uh, in resources. Uh, but before we close, Laura, will you uh, pray for sure. us? Sure. Sure. Loving and gracious God, we are so grateful for the gift of being able to be in communication with you and with one another. We thank you for the skills you give us, for the learning opportunities to grow in love and grace with our neighbor, to have your eyes and ears and your mind and your heart with Christ centered in us and around us gathering our spaces together and creating a place of holiness, a place of wholeness, a place of rebirth and renewal and regeneration. Create in us that new mind that we could listen well to one another. Oh God, there are so many ways we have failed to be the good listeners, but you are a God of second chances and new beginnings every day we fall into that place of grace. So create in us the ability to listen well today and in the days to come. We thank you for the opportunity to be conduits of your great, holy, precious spirit. In Christ's name we pray. Amen. Amen. joining us today, be sure to check out our website, thecaringcongregation.com, for more resources and information on seminars and our newly released books. Be sure to like and share this episode and subscribe to this channel. Join us next week as we explore further topics on congregational care ministry. Until then, may God bless you and keep you.